Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we'll be reading the first two verses in the English Standard Version. First Thessalonians 4, verse 1. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus that you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you may do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. After that good singing and wonderful prayer by Bill taking us before the throne, it can only go downhill from there, I think, but I'll do what I can. Uh, Instead of watching a little bit of football today, my wife has gotten me sucked into this Downton Abbey series. (laughs) I knew some of you would laugh because you too are guilty, and uh, so if I speak more properly than I usually do, forgive me. My English may be a little bit better today. I might even use a bigger word or two. I don't know. Uh, Anyhow, I wanted to um, take some time tonight to do something I haven't done for a long time. You know, we originally reserved the third Sunday night uh, for me to review and to talk about ministry and and what the church is doing and, and things we need to do and so forth. And I haven't capitalized on that for a while, but I'm going to tonight. Uh, there has arisen over time, as usual, with, with changes in the way people are serving, some needs in some certain areas, and I want to go over those with you tonight, but also just to refresh you in some things that we're doing. So I really only want to highlight about five different areas of our service, but I want to share with you a few interesting things um, in a couple of those areas, at least, that you may or may not do, know. did a little bit of research on... Um, New members that have come into our church uh, in the last, I didn't do background research on you. I did research on the number of people and so forth and how you, how you got here. I did do that, but we all know that. And uh, I want to share some of those things with you uh, just so we get a taste of um, who's coming into our assemblies and, uh, and, and uh, placing membership with us. But that passage that uh, my brother so adequately read with proper English from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 is what I want to pick up and encourage you with tonight. I urge you, in fact, he said we, I should say we, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. And so we never want to become complacent, right? We all know that. And so there's always this fine line between saying, hey, we're doing really good, but we need to do more and have it actually sound complimentary uh, as if we're satisfied with the work we're doing. So I'll just say this right now, there's these areas of service that I'm going to mention tonight uh, have been a great blessing, really, in a lot of ways, not only to the people who are being served, but to those who are serving those areas, and yet we could do more and more with it. And so I want to uh, remind you that under the mission that we are called to, which is to make disciples of men, including those who have come into Christ, that's many of you in here, to build you up and exhort you onto mature faith, 
that that must continue on. Uh, I'll speak more to that next week, uh, but also that we would reach those who have not heard the gospel or who have not been urged and exhorted to obey the gospel. You know, many of the times the contacts that we make, that is the, the people that we come into contact with and we have conversations with during the week, might be your neighbor, coworker, family member, extended family member, teammate, classmate, whatever, many times they believe already. And it might surprise you how many people believe. You've seen the statistics that even though religion seems to be declining in us and in, 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 the, in the United States and all that, there's still a great majority of people who believe, especially when they meet someone like you who is caring about the light of Christ and the light in your heart and the good works that we are to be doing. It lifts them up to a place where they can believe and, and believe that there's goodness in the world and that we're supposed to do these things and that it can be done and it enlightens the world. And then when we have the opportunity to talk to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, they want it. And we, we have to believe that. There's people looking for that. Uh, I enjoyed this, uh, this last week meeting with a couple of different people who are not currently members and having studies in public places and having people that waited on the table or whatever, uh, both times it was interesting. As we were about to pray, ask them if they wanted to have, uh, pray about anything. And it was like, you know, they pulled out the list from A to Z. <laughs> I can't believe you asked, you know. And it really made an impression upon the people I was sitting with because they weren't aware that there are many people out there that are searching for the Lord and um, need more depth. And so... Uh, we want to look for those people and find them, and that's part of our mission. Um, so we have many people doing good things. I am glad to say, working with you all every day, that we are not the proverbial 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Aren't you glad for that? That is the case in many churches. And sometimes it's not, be it's not because the people, the servants, are lazy in the Lord. It's because we perhaps haven't set... Uh, a good mission before people with a good vision and, and organized work to do. So that's what we want to try and do. We want to try and keep that before you and keep you encouraged and looking for ways to serve. And there are some ways to serve always uh, for everybody, actually. But we want, to, we want to try to find ways that you, that you really enjoy serving in areas and excel in those areas. So let's review just a few of those areas which are important to our goals and set forth some of our needs, beginning with those who are the first ones to greet us at the doors. And that would be, we just call them ushers, but I know them and, many, and they know themselves as, as the safety ushers. That would be in your bulletin, ushers three, comma, four, five, and six. Uh, those safety ushers, we always want one at each entrance and two in the auditorium. That's our goal. And sometimes we can't fill that, but we, we want to have... Uh, First impressions made first of all. And so of, of uh, just the base um, desire that we have for that is that people would be greeted properly at the doors when you're coming in with all your bags and, and car seats and babies and all this thing. It's wonderful to have somebody open the door, especially in this weather, and say hello. So we put our best-looking men out there, the best-looking ones we got, to open those doors. But beyond that, the ones that are working at the doors have received some training. And we made the church aware of this um, about a year ago, maybe a little less than. 
and uh, that they'd received some training that the sheriff's department had come in and worked with everyone who's serving there, has gone through some training uh, to, to know what to watch for, what to look, look for, how to communicate uh, anything that looks um, suspicious. And they're actually volunteering to be first responders in those cases uh, if there's an incident here at the building. And as you see in the news, there is still a steady stream, unfortunately, of churches being harassed by people. And so we don't want that to happen here. The best way for that to happen is to be prevented. And we have some fearless souls here that have said, I will be happy to do that while our congregation worships. You see them at the door, thank them. They're doing more than just holding the door open for you. Uh, they're, they're scanning the parking lots and, and uh, making sure that we're safe. But we need a few more. We need a few more people to get trained to do that. Uh, a lot of those men have uh, families and growing families, even since last year's training. And the wives then are out here managing the kids and so forth. And if, if they're on too often, it's hard. Uh, also, many of them are um, in law enforcement and they have shifts that, that they can't be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. And so we piecemeal it together sometimes. So the more people we have in the rotation uh, to serve at the entrances, and in the auditorium, their second week after they're on out there is out here. The more people we have doing that, um, the less often they have to serve. And it's also difficult to worship out there, right? So we've placed the monitors out in the foyer here, which can be aimed and the volume can be turned up for the ushers out here to be able to hear or nursery attendants who are waiting in the chairs. Also at the other entrance, uh, the monitor was placed there. So those who are waiting at the door during Bible class could could hear the lesson going on, or if they're serving still out there during the assembly, uh, they can pay attention to the Lord's Supper, hear the sermon, etc. So we're doing what we can, but we need a few more people in that. If that's something you've thought about or wondered about, or if you're a new member here uh, and you haven't heard about that service, um, uh, I'm going to have sign-up sheets for all of these things right out here on the black table. They're already there, actually, tonight, uh, and you can sign up for that. So that's the first one. And we are so confident that these are our best-looking people. That we have greeters to greet people when they come into the building in case the first impression fails. Really, our best-looking people are the greeters. Isn't that right? And we have teams of greeters. Some of them are husband and wife teams. Uh, some of them are just individuals who volunteered. and We kind of put them together, and they work together in teams. And um, that's a great work because this is also our first line of offense in evangelism. So I'm sitting here talking about reaching people with the gospel and so forth out there, right? They're all out there somewhere. And we have people come right in our building that, that move into the area or come with you. And it's their first impression, and then their second impression is that somebody sees that they don't recognize them. And that's one of the tricks to being a greeter. Yes, you will say, hi, have we met? And they'll say, yeah, we've been here about the last six weeks. Yeah, that happens. Everybody dreads that. But hey, that's how you get to learn people. And uh, that is a work where we gather information from people who are looking uh, for a church. Now... I'll, I'll mention this several times tonight. I have been reading some stuff, but uh, research suggests that people who come and visit you already have a faith. 
they already want to worship, and they're looking for community. They're looking for connections with people, other Christians. That's why they come to a church and not just saying, I worship on the golf course on Sunday mornings. And so they come here, and the first people to do that can be the ushers at the doors. We definitely want the greeters to be able to recognize them and see them. We hand out visitors' packets, which also have a Connect card in them, and we ask them to return those to the desk. You've heard our elders do that. And when they do that, we have a gift basket there. You've probably seen them. And we, uh, we really want them to have a great first visit. Uh, I'd tell you about um, Ed McKay. Ed McKay is a, um, a friend of, I got to keep up with this, don't I? I haven't even started yet. Uh, Ed McKay is a friend of Lou and uh, uh, Nova Carmen. And he was here uh, just two, three weeks ago during the holidays. And Ed called just this last Tuesday night. Uh, I got his card uh, that he returned, and I sent him a note, and then we passed it along, and other people communicate. But he said, I just wanted to tell you something. Uh, I had a fantastic experience at the church. And he talked about, the sermon was good, prayers, he enjoyed the worship, but he kept talking about how many people came up and invested in him. Now, he is uh, a gospel preacher in California. And, uh, you know, when you go visit somewhere else, don't you tend to scrutinize a little bit? It's easy to pick, isn't it? Well, they don't do this. We do that back in Pickerington, right? And he came and he, he had the, the utmost comments for uh, not only the greeters who greeted and the people that were friendly at the doors, but the congregation just a, a, as a whole, a lot of people, he said at least eight people began conversations with him to learn about him was so amen good job and we need a few more people at the welcome center uh, because they too are being rotated about every seven weeks right now which sounds like a long time but it comes around pretty quick and many of them are on for different things too uh, some of them serve in different areas so it can be a little tricky It'd be great to have a couple more teams of of greeters and we can teach you how to do that there is some stuff to know about it and uh, to do that uh, when you come in the building a little farther, I'm out of order up here already. I got out of order. That's because of Downton Abbey, I think. I got it all messed up in all their affairs and all the drama. And so now we're on hospitality ushers. Greeters have come down. I'm going to skip it. Uh, I'm going in order, though. If you're coming in the building, I should have done it that way. <clears throat> uh, the closest we're going to come to a five-star hotel will be when you come in here and the, the concierge, you know, meets us uh, at the uh, auditorium doors out here. And uh, we have a, a group of people, some of whom also serve as the safety ushers, uh, who open doors for us. And that's kind of how we see them most of the time. But one of the things they're also doing, you should know, is keeping an eye out for seating, because we get pretty full. And so they're looking for spaces, which is hard because from back there especially, there might be a couple diaper bags here, right, or a kid laying down sleeping on the pew or whatever. Um, but they're looking for places because many of our visitors who come for the first time actually get here a little late. That's just the way it goes sometimes, especially if they got kids, right? You know how that goes? And uh, we want them, especially if they're late, not to have to make the walk of shame up here and sit like right here, right? And many times it's full. So the ushers do a good job of looking for those things. 
If they ever come up and tap you on the shoulder, it's because they know you're not going to be offended to say, can you scoot over a little bit and let some people in? I always tell them to pick on me and Monica first if we can scoot over, but uh, if, if uh, they ever tap you on the shoulder and ask for you to do the scrunch, uh, that's because we're getting a little tight. We're hoping the chairs will help with that, right? A, B, or C chair. We don't know which one yet, but we're hoping the chairs will help with that. But the ushers do a good job, and they've been known we call these the hospitality ushers, ushers one and two in the bulletin. They've been known to clean up some baby gurgle on the carpet, you know, on the way out as mom didn't quite make it back to the nursery in time and so forth. I've heard stories, okay? So I don't want to mislead you totally. It's not just door opening. If you think you can stomach that, uh, especially you young men, if you think you can stomach that, we need a few more hospitality ushers for sure. Uh, something that uh, is going on actually right now also <clears throat> is, is this one. Um, uh, even as I came in the building tonight, I was reminded of the importance of this. Just families in need. Uh, we don't have an organized ministry for this, but everybody is very good about being attentive to people in need here. The problem is we're about 300 members or more, and there's stuff going on all the time. And even those who are pretty well tuned into the, the bulletin, the announcements, Facebook page, we miss things. Or we're out of town, and I can't help, right? And once in a while, there's a family that really needs something that kind of falls through the cracks. And hopefully we know by now not to be offended by that because we see uh, how we are uh, with, with each other. But we don't want to let anybody fall through the cracks. And so we'd like to set a little bit of organization of this. We've, we've talked about it uh, for a little bit with some of you, uh, and for various reasons, we've kind of let it sit for a little bit as some of the families that would normally help were in need themselves. But we put out there on the foyer table um, ways that you can sign up to help in these four areas. And these are the four areas that, from our experience with what people need, besides prayer, are meals, Transportation, child, child care, must have been autocorrect. <clears throat> I did that on my phone and autocorrected. <laughs> and household chores, all right? Uh, those are the four areas uh, that really the, the needs it boils down to. Household chores might be, I haven't cleaned the house for two weeks because I've been trying to recover, you know? Or it's summer and the lawn needs mowed, right? And so we've sent some of our young men and women to, to mow lawns. But it's pretty amscray sometimes, and it depends on who hears it, and maybe, maybe you're, you know the family really well, but you don't know this family really well, and you hope somebody else does. That's just how it is. So we want to set a little organization to it. If you are someone who can help with this, uh, it's a ministry. Uh, there are churches that have family ministries. That's what they call it, family ministry, and it's not just to... It's not like youth ministry except for families. What they mean is like family care. I'd like to get something like that going here to help us more smoothly coordinate those things. So if you can help with that, by all means sign up. If you'd like to coordinate, just make a note. Uh, I'd, like to make, I'd like to help coordinate an area, and uh, we'll, we'll get that going. Uh, it'll help. It'll, it'll help us go a little bit smoother. All right? Uh, let's see. The... Uh, the next thing, <clears throat> would be, 
stepping it up just a touch from greeting people here. So what I mean by this is research shows that, and we've talked about this if you remember, for people to feel connected and feel community within the first three visits, they need to have six connections, people that they know by name. Now, we wouldn't expect them to go around and find six people that they know by name, would we? But rather, we should be the ones to, to make sure that our visitors feel welcome. It doesn't matter who brings them. If I bring a guest, I hope that you all come up and introduce yourself. I'm really hoping that'll happen. Uh, even take time to talk to them, and you do. And if you have a guest and, and somebody in your row, take a moment and get to know them a little bit. Find out you know, uh, what brought them and uh, find out if they're passing through or if they're looking for a church. Don't be afraid to ask questions because they're here for a reason. And so um, I know uh, Bob and Linda, for example, if you don't mind, guys, have been coming for a few months. And uh, they've made those connections, and uh, they have some good fellowship outside of the church building happening. And they've, they've described it as, as absolutely wonderful, uh, something they hadn't seen anywhere else. I mean, just churches, just any fraternity of people. So, uh, amen, keep that going. But it starts here. And I would even add this. I think it's important for us not to lose the ancient way of hospitality, and that is to take time to invite someone to a meal. Uh, Yes, you can take them out to lunch. That works great. The main thing is that you connect with people. But even having someone into your home, if you're getting to know somebody a little bit, um, invite them into the home for a meal. Uh, it seems like that's, that's just the, simply the best way to get to know people. So if you're comfortable doing that, not everybody can do that. Uh, not everybody's in a situation to do that. But if you can do that, if you're someone who can, don't be afraid to ask. Because a lot of times they may say, not today. Like, like Monica and I, we actually had the ability to go out to lunch with somebody today. Because we we're too late. But we set something up for the next week, right? And so uh, we can um, probably increase our hospitality for sure better to incorporate uh, a little bit better uh, connection with people. That would be something that I'd love to see us do a little bit more of. Finally, uh, we need more soul winners. We need more soul winners. Let me explain. So the Lord spoke through Peter that we should always be ready to give an answer for the, to anyone who asks for the reason of the hope that is in us, with meekness and fear. You should always be ready to give an answer, right? And um, it's our privilege to both be able to live and to speak about the gospel wherever we go. So we have an opportunity to, to do that, and it's a privilege. We've also trained a number of people this year who said, I'd like to get a little bit better at this. I'd like to become a little more bold, a little more competent, and, and a little bit more fluent in the way I go about this. And about 30 people went through some training this last year, uh, worked up the courage to do door-to-door knocking. 22 went out on a door-to-door knocking campaign, uh, which we're going to continue on when the weather breaks. We're not going to do it tomorrow or the next day or anytime soon like that. But um, we've been doing really good with that. But I want to share some statistics with you to show you an area where we could uh, grow and strengthen in. So since two, uh, January of 2013 uh, until December of two ni- uh, 2019, last month, 
Okay, about, about six years, seven years. Uh, we have had about 135 to 140 new members uh, place membership with us. Okay, uh, of those 135, let's call it uh, 36% are Christians already who have moved into the area and liked us saw the soundness in the uh, teaching or preaching and the, and the joy in your hearts and said, I want to be a member of this congregation. About 36% of our new members in the last seven years have simply moved into the area. It's great. We love it when they do. 37% are Christians from the area who have transferred membership from another church of Christ. A little bit disheartening in many cases. Uh, we don't want to see our neighboring churches shrinking uh, we don't turn anybody away when they want to be a member of our church either. Okay? Sometimes we'll talk to them about the nature of the relationships and make sure they have healthy relationships with those people that don't need to be mended. We will do that, and we'll ask those questions. Uh, however, we don't say, no, you should go back to your home church if they want to be with us. And so we've grown in that way by 36%. 2% are Christians who have been restored, who were once faithful but lost their way and came back to us or we've reached out to them and they have come back to the Lord and we've rejoiced and the angels have rejoiced in heaven over that. That's 75% that are already Christians in our growth, okay? So we're swelling that way. The remaining 25% are baptisms. Of that 25%, 16% are the children of our members, and many of them are becoming Christians, and that's wonderful. And that's reflective, I think, of, of, the, of the quality of family life that, that you're pursuing here. And so our, our children are hearing the word. Uh, there's Lads to Leaders programs going on now to help train them up in the Lord, just to assist um, with what we're trying to accomplish and grounding them in the faith. Terrific. 5% were baptized after attending long-term with us. And by that, I mean six months or more. Uh, they're coming. They're not really sure. They, maybe they've had experiences in the past or they're hesitant about placing membership or whatever. And they start learning the gospel and they say, oh, I need to be baptized into Christ. And then I'll be a member of this body. And they learn the gospel from classes and from preaching and from members uh, who are caring about them. And they we're baptized into Christ. That's, that's terrific, isn't it? That's about 5%. We wouldn't expect that number to be a large number. 4%, the remaining 4% were baptized by members studying with those outside of our assemblies. 4%. So there were about seven people in seven years that were won by us sharing the gospel with them, baptizing them into Christ, and they become members of our church. Now, that's the statistic that I don't think you need me to tell you, I'd like to see grow, wouldn't you? I, I would like to see us become more prepared, more bold in our faith. Uh, we, we love to be together because we believe why we're here. And I would love to see us take up arms, shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel, and carry that message out more, and not be afraid, not be ashamed that someone may not be interested at this time. Okay, 
because I guarantee you there is somebody that you know that will listen to you. They may be the person in the book of Acts that says, I'll hear you again on that matter. You're going to be here tomorrow? I'll hear, I'll hear you again on that matter. Or they may be the person that says, but many among them believed among whom are. As often is the case when Paul comes in, drops his load on a town, the gospel bomb, boom, you know, and there's many people, ah, a bunch of them walk off, ah. Some of them say, makes a little sense, I'll be back tomorrow. And there's always a few. And these are the ones Jesus said, I came to seek and save, so I want you to go seek and save them. And it's the few who say, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I truly believe. This is what I know I should be believing and obeying. And they're forever indebted to the Lord and to you. That's something that we need to keep improving on. You may have noticed that uh, there's a, a board out there. We didn't make a big hoopla about it, but uh, we've had the training going on for a couple quarters this summer, and you, you were pretty much all aware of that evangelism effort through announcements and so forth or involvement. But out on the board um, by the, we'll call it the secret sisters table or the uh, food benevolence table or the glass table, that wall now has um, Bible study material on it where uh, you've been introduced to it, actually, at least the Discovery Bible Studies, DBS, even as recently as Lab Nights, to some degree, Anthony is using that format to teach our Lab Nights when we put a scripture up there. And we go through and we kind of parse it out a little bit, what's the nouns, what's the verbs, what's going on, but then we ask some simple questions about it. What do we learn about What do you learn about people? And what is there to obey in this passage? That's actually the Discovery Bible study that's on those bookmarks out there on the board. Anyone in this room can do that. It's easy. But the first part of it is what we don't always do in, in, in a class setting like this, and that is it builds, it builds that community and connection that people are seeking. What are you thankful for this week? What do we need to pray about? Okay, these are questions that you ask on this study. Uh, then you pray together. Okay, how did you do with the passage that we studied from last week? There's accountability there. Uh, How did we obey the passage? What experience did you have this week? What changes did you make in order to to, uh, listen to the Lord? And you have those open-hearted questions. Because we've said it before, I'll say it again. The worst thing we can do is continue to teach passages and give the impression that we don't have to obey them. You can just come back next week and hear another nice lesson. We don't want to do that. The Bible is to be obeyed. God's word is to be obeyed. And there's accountability in those. And those bookmarks are bookmarks that have been used with some of our new members, our our new uh, Christians here lately. Anybody can do that simple. You do it a few times and you you remember the format and you can plug it into any set of scriptures or subject that you want to study. It's effective. It's appreciated. See if you can talk to people into studying something that they're interested in, knowing about the Lord, using those bookmarks. Let's win some more people to the Lord. The population is exploding in our area. We're maxed out as a church. We'll take on those challenges and do what we can about that. But we'll, we'll fit people in, in the baptistry, all right? We can fit them in there. And we'll fit them in the building where we worship. Let's go ahead and um, do as good as we can with that. 
And I even have a sign-up sheet for that. If you say, I, I want to be a better soul winner, but I didn't take advantage of this year's offerings, or I, I never really did learn how to use those two methods of study, I'll sit down gladly and explain it to you in a short time. And there's also instructions out there. Just let it be known. Uh, don't be afraid. Let's be bold and unashamed. So we want to we get some help with these efforts. <clears throat> and I um, wanted to set that before you, but not without praise, because in every one of these areas, there's great improvements happening. And me our members are maturing in a lot of ways. It was terrific. Uh, we mentioned that Art, you know, helped one of his coworkers to become a Christian this year. And that's just a result of, I think, his awareness, increased awareness, believing in the ability that he had to, to share. And, and a woman was baptized into Christ who lives in another city. And uh, many, many other stories we have, but we'd like to hear as we're out doing that work. You know, if you wake up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there next week. You wake up in the morning, you say, God, what would, what would you have me to do today? He's got answers to that question. And we're just going to go back and receive clarity again next Sunday morning on what is it we need to do in 2020. What's the most important thing? I'll just leave you with that. So if there's anyone tonight that is not a Christian, with all this talk about Christian becoming Christians, by all means, don't leave here tonight if you're not a Christian. Uh, put Christ on in baptism. Wash away your sins and walk in newness of life tonight. Confess him as Lord, if you know he's Lord, and you be fearless as well. If you're a Christian, though, and you need strength, uh, pray to God. Pray at home in your private privacy or your house that he will strengthen you uh, to be uh, more of a servant in the kingdom where you can be. Um, and we're so appreciative of all that you're already doing, church. So we want to strive for 100% of you. Uh, contributing to the body to help it function and, and win souls, build disciples, and that's how we're going to do it. Uh, Alan's going to lead us in a song. He's got to come get the clicker first before we can start doing it. Uh, but if we can help you in any way, uh, we can do that tonight. Let's stand and sing.